0: Lord led him here to us. Give him a great welcome. He's going to come and share the word with us. Thank you, Pastor.
1: God bless you. Amen. Oh my goodness. You know what I feel like? A first date, you know, how you meet somebody for the first time. You don't know how it's going to happen, you know. You're like, is this going to work out? I know y'all seen me before, but you haven't really heard me preach yet, you know. So I'm just like, God, I hope I don't mess up, you know. But that's okay. I feel like I'm a real family today. Um, This is my first time preaching in Tennessee, West Tennessee, and I'm just, excited for what the Lord's going to do. I'm just excited. You know, I'm just grateful that we're here with Pastor and Sharon. Pastor has a vision for this church. God has a vision for this church because he wouldn't just bring some California uh, Latino guy over here for no reason and his family and, and the liberal California, you know what I'm saying? God has a purpose and a plan for Camden, Tennessee, this community. I believe it, and and we don't know all the details, but we know we're just going to, start somewhere. This is where we start. Amen? And so we're just excited. I'm excited for what God's going to do because it involves you, not just me. It involves the church because you're like, we're the church, right? We're the body, right? So it involves every single one of you here to support uh, Pastor Randy and sharing what the vision that God has. And I thank God for Pastor Pastor Randy because some pastors don't want to give this up. They want to do everything themselves, and then when it happens, that pastor gone, there's nobody else to do anything. And the, to give the pulpit up, I, I don't take that for granted. I take it a, a great honor, and I thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to preach this Sunday. Amen? All right, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go into the Word, okay? Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for what you're doing. I pray that, God, just use me, Lord, however you see fit. I believe this was a message you planned uh, since Pastor told me months ago. And I just pray that you help me to uh, execute this word clearly and just, Lord, let it fall on good soil. And I just thank you for everybody here. Watch over us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, please go to Zebediah 3.5. Zebediah 3.5, somewhere in the, I think in the front, some of your Bibles here. Somebody get it, right? There's no Zebediah. I'm just making sure you guys know your Bible. That's all. You know what I'm saying? There's Obadiah, there's Zephaniah, but there's no Zebediah, okay? Just making sure you guys are awake. Because I did that with the youth, and they're all trying to find it. And I was like, oh, you guys, I got you. See, so you to study your Bible, you know. That's what's important, study your Bible, okay? I'm sorry, I like to joke a little bit. Okay, are you guys with me today, amen? All right. So I'm, I have this quote that I found that is very instrumental with about passing the baton. And I feel like we miss it a little bit. We miss it. We, we're trying to establish our own ministries. I think we, as a church, sometimes we want to have the, the biggest church. We want the best worship. But we're here to establish the kingdom of God. We're here to raise up and grow the kingdom. That's what God's called us to do. He says, I'm here for the kingdom of God. And he gives a great command to the disciples, right, at the end, the Great Commission. And he wants them to spread the kingdom. And it's within us that we spread the kingdom. God is using us today to spread the kingdom in this world that doesn't know about God. See, we might be raised around church. We might be around churches, but people might not know the word of God. I hear people say, well, I was raised this way. I was raised that way. Well, that's good, but do you know your word? Because some people don't know their word. Some people declare that they are Christians, but they don't know uh, John 3.16, or they don't know about the Great Commission. They know tradition, how things are going, but they don't know what the Bible says for them today amen amen all right so i'm going to read this quote real quick called leadership is more like a baton than a trophy you keep a trophy but you hand off a baton and that's by bruce miller what does that mean it means you're passing it up for somebody else to come and take your place see it's not just me or a pastor trying to establish canon first Assembly to have the biggest church here we're here to pass for the next generation pastor keeps talking about passing the next generation because without the next generation there'll be no church you know, there's a lot of unchurched kids today because the parents, they, were tra- they raised them in church. They thought the church was going to do it for them. But it's our responsibility as parents and leaders in the community to reach our kids and teach them about the Word of God. Because they're not going to have a foundation without that. So as I was doing this message, I'm like, well, where, where do I see these examples? So I'm going to talk about two examples in the Old Testament, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. The first one is Joshua. Okay, Joshua was one who was with Moses, right? The second one was Paul and Timothy. And these two correlate, and these two have very similar um, experiences. There's a lot of similarities from the two, and how we're going to tie it at the end is how we, our response is to that, all right? So if you really do have your Bibles, go to Joshua 1, uh, 1 through 1, uh, verse 5, please, okay? I'm going to read it real quick here. It says this, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. He says this, my servant, Moses, my servant is dead, is dead. Therefore, this time come, come for you to lead those people, the Israelites across the Jordan into the land I am giving to you. I promise you what I promised Moses, whatever you set your fruit will be on the land I have given you. From the Negev to the wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains of the north, for the Euphrates River, to the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the lands of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you, you as long as you live, for I am with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or not abandon you. Okay. I want you to focus on verse 2. right. This is God talking to uh, Joshua. And he says, "My, my Moses, my servant is dead. It's your time, Joshua. It's your time because my servant Moses is dead. It's your time to lead the people into the promised land, I told them. See, Joshua has some unique characteristics. He was born in slavery in Egypt. He was one of the 12 spies that scouted the land, and he was him and um, Caleb were the only two that said this is the land that God has given us, while others were afraid of it. And so he was one of the ones that said that God was going to go into the promised land. He was a faithful uh, helper of Moses. He was there when he told the people to go up to Mount Sinai and nobody else wanted to go. He went up with Moses up there. And he was the commander of the Israel armies and he was named Moses' successor. Also, he conquered the land of Canaan to give to distribute the, to the people of Israel. Okay? So he was in charge of conquering the land. Divide up the land to the tribes that needed to get the land. Does that make sense? Okay. Now let's look at um, uh, Second. Uh, let's look at Acts 16, 1 through five. Okay. I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I just, I just, you know, just bear with me. I just, I feel it. Like I feel the spirit move. I gotta just, I gotta hold it back. I gotta hold it back a little bit because I'm excited. Uh, sometimes I'm like, whoa, slow down, Chris. All right, we're going to read about Timothy now, okay? Now, Timothy is is interesting, so we're going to read Acts 16, 1 through 5. It says, Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, where he was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was Greek. Timothy was thought to be a believer in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted to join them on their journey. In difference to the Jews of the era, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left. For anyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went to the town instructing the believers to follow this decisions by the, the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. Verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger each day. What happened when Timothy joined with Paul? Their faith was strengthened, okay? The numbers grew. The importance of having someone beside you to develop them as a leader, to raise them up. Because look what the impact it had on them. See, Paul saw Timothy as a young man. Interesting enough about Timothy, he was half Greek. He was biracial, if you want to say it in these terms today. He was half Greek and half Jew, right? God used him to grow the church, and Timothy would eventually be one of the leaders in the church of Ephesus, where he would be pastoring a lot of people there. Okay, I remember a pastor talking about how the wickedness in Ephesus was. Well, he established Timothy there now to lead the church. Paul called him his, sir, his, his son as a turn of endearment. So he's saying that there was a, a relationship there. And then also Paul used Timothy to write some of his pastoral letters or his um, uh, epistle letters in prison. So Paul had, had Timothy to be used in a lot of ways to get the message out there to spread the gospel. And he accompanied with him on his missionary journeys, especially when he was locked up in prison. See, what what am I trying to say about these two people is this. Mentorship requires relationship. Okay? Mentorship requires relationship. Joshua had Moses. He was with them everywhere. He saw what was going on. He saw the miracles of Moses was doing. He saw when he parted the Red Sea. He saw when he struck the rock. He saw when the quail came. He was witnessing when the Lord was in the, in the mountain and he was talking to Moses and he heard him. He was right there. He experienced all that because he was going to be the next leader. Timothy was around Paul. He called him his son. He had them write down his letters. He was there in prison. He appointed him to be over this church as a young man. But see, what happens is it takes that relationship to build upon each other. When these two came together, they have a lot of similarities. And I found this out when I was reading the Bible. I was like, man, there's so much here that we, these two, even though it was one of the Old Testament, one is the New Testament, they both had something that you learned from their leaders, okay? I'm going to point that out to you real quick. First off, they both had vision. They, they carried the vision what was supposed to do. What was Joshua's responsibility? He had to carry the vision to bring the people into the promised land. He had to finish what Moses started to bring the people to give him the land and divide it up and to conquer the land, right? Timothy had to take over the church and establish it and organize it because it was in disorder, right? There was people questioning about his abilities, right? So he had to bring order to that church. They both spend time with their predecessors. Again, they had that relationship they built together upon each other. They learned from each other. They put into practice what they were taught. They put into practice what they were taught. Before Joshua went into the promised land, he had to what? Cross into the Jordan, right? He had to, and that had to part, just like the Red Sea, right? It had to, he had to go and practice by faith, stepping out like Moses did. Josh, uh, um, Timothy had to believe that God appointed him, that God told him this is what your responsibility is because Paul saw him. I believe he saw some of the miracles of Paul as well that when he was with him casting out demons, laying hands of the sick, spreading miracles, signs and wonders. So he had to put into practice what he was seeing. Both, interesting enough, received the commission of laying of hands. See, laying of hands it's like, I'm going to pass down my my authority. I'm going to pass on a part of me to you like they were laying of hands. I'm going to pass down the spirit of God and my leadership mantle onto you. Okay? And I'm going to read this scripture right here. Uh, you don't have to go to it, I'm going to read it. It's in Numbers 17, and it talks about here how Joshua was appointed as a leader. Okay? Then Moses said to the Lord, he said, "Oh Lord, You are God who has given us breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man as a leader for the community. Right there, Moses sees the need for someone to carry it on. Because Moses was an old man. He was 120 years old before he died. Right? He says, give them someone who will guide them wherever they go, and they will lead them into battle so the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar in the New Testament when Jesus said, my people without what? A shepherd. Because we are shepherds, there's a lot of symbolism there that as we are leaders, we tend to the flock. Who's the flock? You guys are. And our responsibility is to make sure you guys are spiritually uh, equipped, mature to know the words of God. The Lord replied, take Joshua, the son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. See, laying of hands. Present him to Eliezer the priest before the whole community and public commission him as to lead the people. He says this in verse 20, transfer some of your authority to him, and the whole community of Israel will obey him. Verse 22, it says this, so Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eleazar the priest, and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him. See how that that he's trying to show that, hey, this is my, this is the one who's going to be in charge. He's the one that's going to lead you guys. A statement to all the people joshua has been tried and true who's been with me in battles who's been my right hand man he's the one that's going to lead you guys so don't worry about what's going to happen to you because someone here is going to lead you guys and what happens i feel is like when we don't have that predecessor relationship that when the pastor leaves there's no one who's gonna who's gonna lead us that's why it's important to build within the church to pass that baton so the people will know the leader oh we know that person Oh, brother so-and-so, yes, I know him. But what happens is when we don't do that, we miss it, and it causes a little discouragement. It causes the church to wonder if God is still there. He is. Amen? Now, in Timothy, this is where we see the same thing happen with Timothy. 1 Timothy 14.13 says this, Do not neglect the spiritual gifts you have received through prophecies spoken over you when the elders of the church, what? Lay their hands on you. You see the two similarities there? The Old Testament way of doing things, the New Testament way of doing things, right? They believed that if you lay hands on people, things would happen, you would get healed from the sick, transferring the spirits, right? It was a way of blessing the children. Also, laying hands was used to ordain or consecrate somebody for service. The laying hands by the priests. Also, laying hands was also to, instru- uh, to help someone prepare for ministry. You're consecrating that person to do the work. Also, it was to identify to the people that this is the new, uh, you're commissioning this person to lead so the people will recognize this person as the leader or elder in the church. And also, then lastly, in the, as in the New Testament, laying of hands was a way of symbolic of the apostles ordaining each other into the office of leadership, including that of a deacon or elder. I love our church because we have deacons that God has commissioned to be here to help lead pastors. That's what we need as a body of believers, to help have leadership here to help and govern the church body. So this is what God has called us to do. Both have the Spirit of God upon them. Both God empowered them to do the work because without the Spirit of God, we can't do the work. Without the Spirit of God, we're doing it on our own strength, and that only goes so far. I've done it before, trust me. I've tried to do ministry on my own strength, and I get burned out. It's not how God intended. We're dependent on the Spirit of God to refresh us and renew us every day. Our job is to, like Jesus, pull away for a time to be with the Lord, to be refreshed, because it's not easy doing the work of God. It's not easy leading the people. It's not easy to minister to people and to meet the needs of the people, and the spiritual needs to be there all the time. It takes a lot of pouring into us. But God has called us to do this. There's no other work I would rather do than do the work of the Lord. I've tried to do other things. It don't work. I try to do my own ways. And he's like, no, come back over here. I got work for you to do. And I was like, oh, man, okay, God. And I could feel it. Like Isaiah said, it was like a fire shut up in my bones when he tried to stop speaking the word. It was a fire shut up in my bones. So I could not stop doing this. Even though I tried and tried not to do it, God said, no, get ready. Get ready. I've called you. Get ready. Get ready. Amen? Now, here's the thing about Joshua and Timothy. They need an encouragement, right? They need encouragement. Sometimes we need some encouragement as leaders. Sometimes your pastor needs some, hey, pastor, great job. I'm saying it depends on it, but, you know, sometimes we need a little encouragement, you know? Especially when we go somewhere far into a new land over here, right? God, are you, are you sure you called me here? Are you calling? <laughs> All right, Lord. I need some encouragement, but see, that's what he gives the confirmation every time. One thing I notice is that confirmation after confirmation, we were called to be here, Lord just would show us and show us that this is what he designed for us to be here at this time for the season. Because I'm going to tell you a story. I had friends moved from California into Tennessee and they had a different experience. It was a little rough for them. They had no place to go. They had no community. And when we came here, God opened the door, opened arms. We had community. We had fellowship, relationship. We had a furnished place to go to. We didn't have to worry about any of those things. Our girls' needs were met. They had toys. They had beds. And I just thank God for sharing and Pastor Randy and all the people who helped us with that because it took a burden off of us when we came here that we could, we could just get right in. You know, So I want to thank you guys personally for that because sometimes we don't know how good we have it until you know, we hear the other side of the story you know, from somebody else. So I just want to thank God for all those things that you guys have done. So again, Joshua had to be encouraged, right? Why is that? Well, he's going to take over a big nation, right, and conquer these giants and conquer these people. And Joshua 1:9 says, says, "This is my command: Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go." Joshua, even though he was the next one in line, he still had to be encouraged that God was going to be with him. Because the task was too big for himself to do. He needed to know and be assured that God is going to go with him in this battle. Like Moses said, Lord, only if you go before us, we cannot do this. So he had to be assured that God was going to go with him like he was with Moses. That's the kind of assurance I want. I want want God to know he's going to go with me wherever I go, right? And it's like he was with Moses. So I know that that was what they needed to go through. So Timothy, Timothy, he was a young man. Some of you guys are young in here and have teenagers. He was called to lead this church. He was called to lead, and everyone was older than him. And they were like, wasn't sure about if he had the capability to lead. But see, you have Moses encouraging Timothy here in 2 Timothy 2.1. It says this, you then, my son, again, affirming that relationship, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and these things that you have heard in my presence. And many witnesses entrusted to reliable people, you are qualified to teach others. He's affirming Timothy of his spiritual giftings that he saw in him, the times they put together, the times that he witnessed Timothy use his giftings and encouraged him, hey, look, you're going to go to this takeover here, but don't worry, God has appointed you. You have all the abilities and talents and gifts that I've given to you to do this task. And it's funny because I was talking to my wife earlier today and I said, you know what? I thank God for ministry opportunities that prepare you for the ministry. Apprenticeships, internships, those are big. If it wasn't for those internships that I had in ministry, I don't think it would prepare me for the next step that God has for me today. Because it prepares you for what to expect. It prepares you how to preach and teach and how to handle people. It helps you to know that, hey, it's cost. It's a cost to do this ministry. You know, it, it takes it takes a toll, you know. And I thank God that he's given me ministry opportunities to lead small groups, to preach, to teach. Even the little things, you know, he taught me. And like when I went to go to a men's home with all these men who were recovering, and I said, hey, bro, do you want me to uh, share a word? The men's home director, he said, yeah, we would love to. So I was there to keep my skills going as preaching because I know God gave me that gift. So we need to refine that sometimes. So I just, I don't despite those little beginnings that God gave to me because I really feel like it's equipped me to do what he called me to do today. Timothy's responsibility, he had to address false teaching. There was a lot of false teaching going on about Jesus, how, oh, this is how Jesus was and this is the word. So Timothy appointed, uh, Paul appointed Timothy to address those false teaching because he knew he knew his word. Timothy also would see, we don't want to think about it, but his dad was a Greek. So people might not want to take to him kindly of what he was. Maybe he doesn't know that much. Maybe he's, you know, he don't know too much about our culture. But see, he had to go through those prejudices like we do sometimes today about his ability, about doing things. And the interesting thing about this is they had to take over somebody else's ministry. You know, they had to take over somebody else's ministry. Sometimes that's not hard to do. Sometimes you have something established, and then somebody comes in and takes over. Well, guess what? That's changed. And, not, and change is not easy for somebody to handle. A lot of people, we can't handle change that well because, you know, it, we don't, might not do things a certain way, like this preacher does it this way or brother so-and-so taught us this way, you know. We have to adapt to change because God's establishing here. When I come here, I see this beautiful building, and I look at it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much potential here. There is so much potential for this church, for this people, and I just feel like it's just a little fine-tuning. And he's, pop, he's brought the right pastor to see the vision of God fulfilled here. But we as a people, we have to adjust to it because we were so used to having one way maybe of doing things. We have to use of, of, of one person doing it all himself. Now it's our time and our task to help fulfill the vision. I know we're talking about child uh, checking in. That might be scary for some of you uh, grandparents on how to use the phone or I mean, how to use the iPad. But tell you what, it's important because we live in a day and time that, We need these precautions, you know. We need these uh, things instituted for our church, for the safety and the well-being of our church. Online, I don't know about online. I've never been on Facebook. Hey, we're trying to get the word out for people who may not be able to see to come to church. How many people were sick and had to watch online, right? Thank God for that. We can use those tools and abilities for the kingdom. So we have to adapt to change because sometimes it's not easy to do that. I can see right now that people were saying to about Joshua, I don't, I don't know about this guy. Moses Moses did it this way. He wrote the Ten Commandments. What, what's Joshua do? <laughs> I don't know. Timothy, that young guy, he's, he's like a young. I don't know about him. He's half Greek. You know about them Greeks, right? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Their food and art, I don't know about that. We have to adjust and adapt to what God has called us to do today. You know, that's what God wants us to do, okay? Timothy looks down upon his youth, but God established him anyway as a pastor. Joshua had to lead the next generation, even though that Moses, he saw the effects of the last generation. See, what happened is Joshua knew what it was like when the people disobeyed God. He had a big responsibility because Moses disobeyed God too, and he struck the rock twice, and he he wasn't able to go into the promised land. So as as Joshua, I can only imagine, man, if I screw this up, what's going to happen to me? You know, so I can see why he needed some encouraging, because the consequences were a little bit dire. I see Timothy as a young man saying, man, Moses, he's He's amazing. He knows the word. He, man, he knows he can speak several languages. He's just so good with these, these, uh, 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 these Gentiles. Oh, my God. You, you see him cast out that devil? I don't know if I can do that. you see him lay, lay hands on someone and they got healed? Oh, my gosh. If I don't do that, are they going to look at me differently? Are they going to look at me differently because my style is a little bit different? Are they going to look at me differently because I have a different, darker skin complexion? See, that's what we face those insecurities. But you know what? God was with them. They had a task to do. They both had to prepare the next generation of leaders. They had to prepare the next generation for what God had next for them, for that church, for that that nation. In Joshua, Joshua 26 says, Therefore, be very strong to keep and do all that I've written in the book of the law of Moses. Turn aside from neither the right or the left. This is Joshua telling the people, hey, remember, do what the law says. Do what's instructed of it. Remember, don't forget what happened last time to the people who did not They didn't enter in. So remember what happened. Joshua 24, 31 says, Israel served all the days of Joshua and all the days of the other elders who outlived Joshua and known all the works that the Lord had done for Israel. So Joshua had some success, right? He led the people, the elders did what he had, he said, and the people knew the time of what Moses done, Okay? So that's the succession. We have to keep continue going. Timothy, Timothy's responsibility was this. In 1 Timothy 4, 11, 16, it says, Command and teach these things. Do not anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for all believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of the Scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect the gift which is given through prophecy when the body of others laid hands on you. Be diligent in the matters God has given yourself, holy to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and and doctrine it closely, preserving them, because if you do, you'll both your lives will save in the hearers. So here is, again, Timothy, the responsibility was to raise the next generation in this church to know the words of God, to teach and to preach. So they could have an understanding of the word, because some people didn't know how to read, some people didn't know how to write. So his job was to com, uh, to read the letters, to remember, have a relationship. Well, what, did, what, did, what did Paul do here? What did he say? Oh, yeah, he said this. I'm going to tell the people about this, the Spirit. Okay, what was his example? Okay, oh, I got this letter I'm going to read to the people. Okay, that's what I got to do. I got to study the Scriptures. I got to study these words so he can raise up the next generation to prepare them for things. You know, um, when, I, when, I, when I got saved, I was uh, 19 years old, and I felt called to God, okay, I, I really did. Some people say, "Well, how'd you know?" I said, "I well, I just was by myself one day. I was, I was homeless. I was in a church, living in a church, and I was in the nursery because I was the only place that had a, a sofa there. Okay, and I just got saved, and I'm like, like, what the heck am I doing here?' You know, I was crazy back in the world. I didn't. I really was uh, just a hot mess at 19. And God, he said, "Hey, I want to use Chris. I want to use Chris right here. I want to use this guy." So I'm in the. I, my circumstances ended me up to live in this church because I had no more place to go. I was homeless, and I and I'm praying to God. And I go, "God, this sucks." I'm like, "I don't know if, if I want to do this." And I really felt my spirit says, "I have called you to do this. I have called you." So basically, I didn't have a choice, you know. He said, "I've called you, and if you do this for me." You know, you know, I'm gonna be with you. And I said, Okay, God, I want I want a family. I don't care what happens to me. I wanna have kids, I wanna have marriage, that's what I want. And so he said, Okay. It took a little bit longer, but he eventually came. But I remember it was a hard decision to make because I said, I, I don't know if I want to do this. But when you're called of God, you can't walk away from that. You can't. And I and he said, I call you to be a pastor. And some people have discouraged me before in the past. Are you say? Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you're going to be a pastor? Why do you want to do that? Well, th- I know. But I feel that's how God led me to be. And through my experiences, He led me to a Bible college in, in California called Capital Bible College. And in there, I went to schooling because I felt like, well, what I got to do? I got to get some education, right? So it was a two-year intensive schooling that had uh, two classes, uh, four days a week, and we had to learn a lot of Bible. And I just remember I was just diligent. I said, okay, God, I'm going to give a second chance. Because high school, I didn't do so good. But I said, in college, I'm going to try to do my best. So I studied and studied, and, and it was hard. It was hard, but I didn't give up. Sometimes I wanted to give up. Sometimes I'm like, gosh, it's just too much. I don't know about this uh, epistles or uh, studying the end times and uh, eschatology and, and numerology. No, not numerology, but just saying that there's, there's a lot of ologies you got to learn. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, okay, Lord. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to graduate. Church opportunities. Nothing. We're, you know, all these people who were interested. I was interning as a children's minister. I'm like, okay, come on. I'm ready. Nothing. I'm like, well, did God really call me then? I don't know. So then I did. went back to school, and I became a starving student, which I don't recommend, and went back to school for graphic design, Okay. Because I did feel God called me to do that, but I said, well, I'm going to be like Peter. I mean, I'm going to be like Paul. i got to make some tents because if I can't find no ministry opportunities, i got to have a trade, right? So I went back to school, became a graphic designer, met my wife there at a, 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 an interning again at a church, and I was able to intern, and I graduated, and I and I got um, my gr- degree in graphic design, and then all of a sudden, I'm doing my graphic design career, pursuing it, and all of a sudden, things just fall apart, I'm like. Well, well, God, I I was, I'm supposed to leave my family, I'm supposed to have a career. No. Nope. Circumstances came, and all of a sudden, this happens. Get your ministry resume ready. And I'm like, is that you, God? Are you for real? <laughs> I was making more money as a graphic designer than I was doing ministry. And I really felt it. He said, get your, he said, get your ministry resume together. I said, all right. So I got my ministry to resume together. I go to William Jessup University. It's a it's a it's a it's a Bible college, or it's it's a university that was based in uh, Christian uh, foundationals, You can you know you can do Bible, you can do other things there. Nursing, pro- they have a lot of programs there. And so I saw that they were having a uh, job fair, right? So I got my resume together, you know. I had my trendy, you know, I had my hat on, looking good, and my bag here, my iPad. I'm like, okay. So I meet some guy, and he tells me, you're too old. I'm like, what do you mean I'm too old? He said, man, if you were only in your early 20s, I could really use you right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just getting started. You know, he's like, oh, man, no, because, you know, you're a little older now, and you're married. And, you know, if you were in 20s, I could really work with you and really use you and send you out. I'm like, well, thanks for nothing. You know, that wasn't what God called me to do. See, because you're never too old, you know. The wor- even those pastors maybe had good intentions. Maybe he thought that a certain model of things to go, he had to do it this way. But that's not what God had in plan. So my ministry journey kept going me this further, further, further along and further on until now we're here. And I'm grateful for that because, you know what, the Bible says don't despite humble beginnings. In Zechariah 4.10 it says, do not... Smile don't despise the small begins of the Lord. Rejoice to, the, uh, to see the work begin, to see the plumb line of the hand. Don't despise where you're at. You may have a small part in the church, maybe serving, uh, hospitality, lead a small group. God can still use you to build a foundation to do the work of the Lord. I mean, I look at Angie here. She's been here for a long time, and God has used her. If it wasn't for her, man, I would be lost, you know. But God has established her to help this church. To use her gifting he was here. Amen. So, what's our response? Our response is to help the church to grow. Because our youth, our youth are going through so much right now. I read a statistic that really was, it was troubling to me. And it was talking about kids raised up in church and the kids who left the Lord for some reason and the ones who stayed. Because you know we have social media, we have all these things, we have a phone, we have a device that's telling our kids how to act, how to behave, giving their ideologies of what to believe, what not to believe, there's no Christian foundation because they want to tell you who you can be like, who you want to be like and when your uh, whole identity all mixed up into one. They're just looking for someone to hear from them but there's somebody who's dressed like a woman who's a man with antlers on, and just telling them this is what you got to do with rainbows and making them confused, right? Our kids are in the, the enemy's trying to go after our kids, young. I'm not, I'm not saying those things are wrong, but I'm saying that that's the competition we have. They're divided. They don't have some of them don't have a Christian worldview anymore. They don't know how to discern what's right and wrong. Well, my mom. My friend's mom, she has two moms. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with somebody having a, a boyfriend that's a boy and he's a boy too? What's wrong with that? That's the age we're living in. That's the competition we have. And they're looking for someone to give them the answer and guidance. It's our job to pass and teach them like Moses taught Joshua and Paul taught Timothy of who Christ is. And it says here in the statistic that the ones who didn't go away from God felt welcomed, felt loved, because they had a connection. See this is their church too. It's not our church. And if we just thinking that this is our church, how we want to do things, we're wrong because they're gonna outlive us. We need to have things established for them to take over. We need to have people come to know that this is a church where all are welcome. And that you'd be used by God. doesn't matter how old you are. There's no, uh, it doesn't give an age range as a disciple, you know. There's no age range of qualification of the Holy Spirit. God can use them. Acts two sixteen through 18 says, know this. This is what is spoken by jo- uh, the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will, what, prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And here, check this out. Your old men will dream dreams. Even all my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So it doesn't matter our age. It says all will receive the Holy Spirit in the last days. God wants to use us. He wants to equip you. To do the service of the Lord. It says here, uh, Hebrews 13, 21. May he equip you with all you need for the doing of his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, all the glory to him forever and ever. Amen. I got another scripture. Okay, check this one out. You all you know how people trying to leave America, they don't want to be here, and they try and all say, Let me tell you what the Bible says about this. It says here that God has placed—oh no, I'm—I'm sorry, I get ahead of myself. God has placed you in a time and a season right now for such a time as this to be a part of something. Who wants to be a part of something? I want to be a part of something. I want to be part of the move of God. I want to be part of what God has to do because I believe God is going to do something here. He is. I don't know what it is. I just feel it. I feel that, but it takes you guys to be a part of it. We can't do it ourselves. He wants to, because you guys have giftings. You guys can reach people that I can't reach. You guys have the talents and abilities that God wants to use in this church for today. Acts 17, 26 says, for one man, he created all the nations through the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. He has determined their boundaries. You guys, are. we're all here for a reason right now, right here for this certain point in time. God has orchestrated us to be here at this very moment for a purpose. What our responsibility as the, as the church leadership is to equip you guys to do those things. Our responsibility is to equip you, the saints, for service. It says here in Ephesians four eleven thirteen. 13, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to what? Equip God's people to do what? His work and build up what? The church and the body of Christ. This will continue until we can come and see the unity of our faith and the knowledge of God's son that we may be maturing in the Lord, merging up the full and complete standard of Christ. Our responsibility is to build the church, to help equip you guys for service. That way we can build and have programs for people. Pastors are already doing this with what? next steps, right? He wants to see what your spiritual giftings are. He wants to know what you are be able to we can utilize here in this ministry or to start something here, maybe a women's group, maybe a men's group, maybe it's a barbecue group. All that can be used for God to bring people to the church. It's not insignificant. There's a, there's a reason why a pastor wants to do this, it, because it's part of the great mission that God wants us to do, is to build the church. Just think about right here what we can have, what kind of ministries we can have in the church. We can have children's, youth, media. Worship, men's, women's, prayer, hospitality, ground, security, outreach, etc. They can fill a need in the church community. All these ministries that we can have at this church, it doesn't matter how big or small we are, we can have these potentially to help the kingdom of God, to make an impact in this community. But it takes you guys. See, it takes courage. That's the thing. It takes courage. It takes getting out of our comfort zone. You know, it takes getting out of the chair. It takes a commitment. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes we just want to sit back, relax, and just hear the word and go home. And that's okay. I'm not not, not downplaying that. But some of you have uh, abilities to help this worship team. Some of you guys have a look and and say, hey, you know what? I I can fix this. I can do this. I'm going to need some people to help make some staging. Some of you guys have that creative idea. Or some of you guys are just like, let me go check on my kids real quick. Let me go over here. Let me go over here. They have that eye of, of watching, overseeing, you know. Some of you guys have a, a connection of teaching and preaching. We need all those things. Not just me and Pastor and Angie. We, you know, we, we need you guys. But it's going to take you taking a step of faith, just like Timothy, just like Joshua, to do what God has fulfilled you to do. So you're up next, Okay. You're up next. God's calling you to do a new thing to a new level. He's calling you and appointing you for such a time to this. And He wants to equip you to do what He's called you to do. Because if you don't, you're gonna, we're going to pass this next generation. If we don't, we're, we're going to miss out. And, it, and the, I'm going to call to the older people. The older people, we need you, we need mentors. We need leaders. You have experience and knowledge. Just because there might be this generational gap, we still need to submit to you and learn from you guys. You guys been through things before that we haven't. I remember one time when I, when I was in my 20s, I was teetering of falling away from God. I was like, God, I, 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 this is too hard. I can't do this. And I prayed and prayed, and I went to this little church in my neighborhood because I had no car, and I walked to the pastor, and I said, I need someone to help me because I'm going to fall i need a man to help me do this ministry to do this walk because i i wasn't raised this way i wasn't raised a christian i had no one to help me to lead me how to be a godly man and he's like okay i found somebody for you so he connected me to this man named mike aspinall and mike was this 50 year old guy was this 20 20 something year old guy and i just started pouring my heart out to him and just sharing with him all the things i've been going through and because he's been through stuff, because he's an older man, he's like, well, brother, God still loves you. And I'm like, what, you're not condemning me? He's like, no, he forgives you. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I messed up too. But you know what? I still love God. And I was like, it, it changed my perspective because I thought he was going to tell me, oh, you messed up, you suck, you are not blah, 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 But he just loved upon me and loved upon me and accepted me for my flaws. And it helped me get over a tough time. And, and interesting enough, we are still friends today. We're still friends today. I still call him. I still reach out to him, and he's seen my my progression. He's reminding me, man, man, Chris. I remember when you do this Bible study, Small Beginnings, in your home, and now look at you have a beautiful family. Now you're in Tennessee. Oh my gosh, just things that we just seen, and we pray for God has finally fulfilled them. To have someone like that by my side to encourage me, is awesome. But I couldn't have done that without that mentorship. Because I needed that at the time. Some of you women have that experience to help a young woman in need who's a, who maybe have a, a single mom or single, you know, she has kids. And she just needs someone to help them, to encourage them that it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. All we need is to hear that word saying, hey, God's got it. Don't worry. The mature saints. You guys have been here for a while. You've known, you've seen things. You've been here. You know, oh, well, we've been through this before with Kennedy. Oh, we've been through this with Reagan. Oh, we understand. We we know God's got this. But we don't. We're like, oh, the economy, what's going to happen? Oh, my gosh. You know? But you guys already, you always have that. You're like, hey, don't worry. We got it. Our job is to do the Great Commission today. Matthew 20, 18 and 20 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been giving you all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given to you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even in the end of age. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? That theme of the next, the new, I'll be with you, Go. God wants something here because why would he bring, again, me and my wife who don't speak Spanish. (laughs) That might surprise you. But there's some in California that don't. But why would he bring us over here again from California, liberal California. I'm not bringing those ideologies to Camden, Tennessee. We're still figuring it out, but I know it's a purpose. I know there's confirmation after confirmation that God wants to do something here in Camden in Benton County, in West Tennessee, and in the United States. pastor wants to pass the baton. I want to receive it. But who's coming with me? Who's coming with us? So I'm going to challenge you with this at the end as I'm wrapping up. There's two things you can do for us as we're doing this ministry. You can pray for us, pray for the next gen. As we're leading, we got great ideas, we got vision. Or if you feel like God is opening your heart to be involved, let us know. Those are things you can do. Okay? There's you, everybody has ability and talent that God's given them to do. There's nothing we're not going to despise, whatever, whatever. If it's making cookies, I love cookies. If it's baking, if it's providing meals, if it's sponsoring, if it's sharing a word or prayer, hey, I'll, we'll take it. But if you just say, oh, I can pray for it, good, because you know what? It's a warfare. See, the enemy, I didn't talk about this. We're going to fight some enemies, right? Joshua had to face some enemies. He had to conquer some battles because they don't want to see the advancement of their nation. Timothy had to go against false teaching because they didn't want to be taught the truth. They wanted to hear gospel tickling to their owners what they thought was right. It's a battle. People have this idea of our church that may not be correct. It's up to us to represent what our church is about. We're here about love, loving God's people. We're here about preaching the gospel and truth. We're here about coming together and worshiping. That's what we're about. Amen? Would you guys bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have appointed us for such a time as this, that you placed us here for a reason. Lord, I pray for each person here that, Lord, wherever they're at, I pray that you touch their lives. Let them know that you've called them to do your work for here or just to advance your kingdom, God. So, Lord, we praise you and we thank you that, Lord, they will take heed to what the word has said. Lord, I pray that they will know that they can be used by you despite anything that's gone in their life. Lord, I pray that for those ones who had vision before, who have done ministry before, that you call them off the benches, Lord. Tell them it's their time now. It's not too late. You're not too old. You're not too young to do the work of the Lord. We need you to do the work. And I pray that you stir it up in their hearts, God. Stir up in their hearts again the fire they had, the vision. Maybe they used to reach out to people all the time. Maybe they used to pray for people, but they got scared of COVID or something happened to them to make him fearful. But Lord, you said, do not fear. I'm with you. Do not fear what's going on in this world, for I am with you. I pray that you raise up courage again in our hearts, God. I pray you raise up courage once again and stir it upon us, Lord. Not to be afraid, Lord, but to go and step of faith for the work you have for us. We just thank you, Lord.
0: To stand together. Hallelujah. Our worship team will come and our prayer team will also come to the front. Let's just spend some time giving ourselves to the Lord. Let's spend some time letting the Holy Spirit just make sure that the Holy Spirit speaks this word into our hearts. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now for each one of us that you would just take couple of the things that Pastor Chris mentioned to us today and make them real to our heart, make them real to our spirit, Lord. Father, let us hear right now, let us hear right now what you want us to hear. Let us receive your word, Lord. Let us act on it. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Holy Spirit, tell us what our next steps are. I pray, God, that there would be words that were spoken today that would not be forgotten, Words that the Holy Spirit would remind us of until we take the steps that we need to take to act on them, Lord. Father, we thank you for what you are doing here. We thank you for the plans that you have for the next generation that's part of our family as well as the next generation in our community that needs to be reached, Lord. Not just those in junior and senior high school, but the entire next generation, God, from cradle to college and in beyond. Lord, that you do want to use each and every one of us to play a part. So lead us, guide us, direct us. None too young, none too old. No ministry or job too big or too small. We surrender to you, Lord. If you need prayer, I just want you to come and receive prayer today for whatever your need might be. If you want to just come and spend some time kneeling at the altars, come and do that. But let's just take a few moments. Let the Holy Spirit... Let the Holy Spirit imprint on our hearts and lives what He wants to today. In Jesus' name.
2: There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Thank you, Jesus. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. Your presence.
0: Tasted and seen.
2: I've tasted and seen of, of the sweetest of loves, my where my heart, heart becomes, becomes free, free and my shame, shame is undone. undone. Oh, we thank you for your presence, Lord. Your presence.
0: Holy Spirit into your life not just into this building into your
2: life holy Spirit.
0: want us to do, thank you Jesus, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, I just speak a blessing over your life right now, and as you go from this place that this week you would have a greater awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life every day, that you would see what He wants you to see you would hear what he wants you to hear so that you can do what he wants you to do and we will be the church that he's calling to make a difference in our community amen god bless you each one if you need to go god bless you if you're going to stay for our next gen lunch stay for that we're going to stay up here just a little while longer prayer team will stay up here a little while longer if you still want to come and receive prayer come we love you the lord loves you and we're thankful for god's plans for all of us together